Thanks for joining us for the latest message at Island Church. Anyhow, church, we are going to jump back into what we were in before I left to go to Dundalk, which we started off a series, or maybe a series, I don't know what the Lord's going to do with it, but, but anyhow, it's called, you know, Do You Know Who You Are? Amen. Do, do we know who we are? And like I say, this isn't a... This isn't one of those uh, self-help type of messages uh, that you, you know who you are when you look in the mirror and now, now view yourself as this. That, that's all rubbish, church. I mean, that stuff does not, that it really does nothing for you. I mean, it's trying to talk yourself into something. But when I say, do you know who you are? We're essentially speaking of, do you know the truth of who we are? But until you know who you are, you have to know who he is. Amen. See, if you want to know exactly who you are, exactly what you can do, exactly what he has for you, for your family, for your city, you know, for your nation, for the kingdom. Listen, church, we got to We got to know who he is first. Amen. Allow ourselves to be replicated, duplicated, you know, so we can reciprocate. Amen. The things that he has for each and every one of us. I mean, if y'all, if y'all remember this correctly, it was right. I think it was right in the middle of a Wednesday service. We we began to talk about some of these things and and uh, the Lord started stirring some, you know, some things in me because I've been asking him this question here lately. And, I, you know, and quite often, as a matter of fact, that, that why, why is the church, why does this modern church, you know, and you could specifically say, why is the Western church, why does it not look like the book of Acts? Why, why are the things that were happening in the book of Acts, why is it not happening now? Because I know you're not a God that respects these people more than he respects us. I mean, they opened up the church age, but listen, church, I mean, you know, we're going to close it out. You know, we're closing it out, amen. And why doesn't it look like it did then, amen? I'm telling you, we, we've come up with all kinds of doctrines. We say, oh, there's a cessation of gifts. You know, the, the God doesn't do this. He doesn't do that anymore. He only wanted to do things through prophets or whoever, apostles. I'm telling you, church, all we've done is we, we've strangled, we've, we've, we've held, we've allowed the word of God to get choked out of us, making excuses on why we're not completely sold out to the things of God. Amen. But why aren't these things looking? Why don't, why don't we look like what he's asking? I'm telling you, this, I, want this, I want this to begin to stir in you. Amen. Because see, this, the answer, that when he begins to answer this question in us, this is when the city will change. This is when the division of this city will disappear. This is when the city is going to become the light that's set upon a hill. Amen. Because of, not because of the city and where it's, it's placed, but because of the church that's in it. Amen. Not trying to harm other people because of what they believe or what they don't believe. Amen. But because of who is on the inside of us. I'm telling you, everyone from the Northwest is going to begin to come into this area. Why? To see, to see the light of his glorious gospel. See, that, why, do you think, why do you think there's been so much destruction in this city? Huh? Oh, because these people, are, no, these people aren't bad here. These people are amazing. And why has there been so much destruction here? It's because Satan knows what the call is upon this place. Amen. And, he, and, he, and I'm telling you, we, we have to stop listening to what he's saying we're called to do. And we got to start listening to what the Lord says we're called to do. Amen. So we can have some amazing things happen through us. Amen. I'm telling you, church, we, it may, things, things don't look like, as much as we think they may, they don't look like the book of Acts. I've seen, I've seen some amazing miracles in my life. I mean, I've seen some amazing miracles in my life. We were just talking the other day about, uh, about, about one of these guys that, that I was around. He had broken and black teeth, and God, God, he got prayed over, and God started dropping his teeth out of his mouth. And then within six weeks, he had brand-new, perfect, beautiful teeth. They, looked, they, they were so perfect, so white, so straight, they looked like dentures. I mean, I saw him the next time. I was like, oh, my Lord, are those real? He goes, of course, of course they're real. You know, he says it took about a month and a half. They started slowly coming through my gums. Amen, dropping out all of his teeth. 
Why? See, this, this is the God of the book of Acts. Amen. I've seen, I've seen legs, I've seen a tumor, uh, a femur, excuse me, that had four inches missing out of it from a motorcycle accident grow four inches in my hands. Why? Because this is the God of the New Testament. This is the God of the Bible. Amen. We've seen some amazing things. I've, I've seen tumors shrink and disappear underneath my hands where I could feel it. This is the God of the New Testament. This is the God of the Bible. I'm telling you, I've heard devils screeching and hollering. Why? All because of the, the power of Jesus' name. You see, with, even with, these, with this manifestation of God's glory in this, in this small capacity, church, we still don't look like the book of Acts. I mean, we've had some amazing healings. Amazing healings have happened in your body. And I could probably go through a lot of different people in here. There's some amazing things that have happened. But listen, church, why don't we look like the book of Acts? You say, well, what was the difference? Well, church, yeah, they had healings. Yeah, they were, they were, they were so full of the power and the presence of God that people begin to lay the, the, the sick out on the streets just so their shadow could touch them, just because the presence that they were carrying could jump out upon them. I mean, they, they, went, they went from city to city and flipped them upside down. Just by coming into a city, completely flipped them upside down to where people wanted to either kill them or they wanted to worship them. Everywhere they went, they're either going to try to kill them or they're going to try to worship them. People actually tried to make sacrifices to them as, as they went into these, into these areas. And I had to say, listen, listen, we're just, we're men like anyone else. We're not gods. We're trying to reveal to you who God is. Amen. But why? Because they walked in some sort of supernatural presence, church, that, that we're, just, we're just touching. Amen. We, we can't get satisfied. We can't get satisfied with what's going on in our life. We can't be satisfied with the miracles that have taken place. We can't be satisfied with the prosperity that God has for us. We, we, we got to be seeking more, church, because I'm telling you, he wants to pour out more upon each and every one of us if, if we'll yield unto him. Amen. If, if we'll begin to seek these things out, amen, I'm telling you, I have a desire that we look like Acts chapter 1. You get into a 10-day prayer meeting, and the power of God begin to, to begin to fall on the church. Amen. I, I desire for these things to happen. I, desire, I mean, does anyone even know when the church was actually birthed? I mean, you know, me and I think it was me and Pastor Jason we were talking about this week, you know, you know the church's birth. You know, you, there's so many different philosophies and, and, and what theologians think on these things. But listen, church, you know, when, when was the church birth? It was birth when Jesus gathered up all that blood and he poured it upon the mercy seat. And the father looked over him and said, listen, all authority in heaven and earth is yours. And then what did he do? He poured it upon his church. And he said, I'm going to tell you go. Amen. In John chapter 20, verse 22, what did he do? He breathed on his disciples, just like they did in Genesis chapter 2. He breathed on his disciples. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. What happened? And the life of the power of God came upon them. Amen. And then in Acts chapter 2, they got baptized. They got endued with power. Why? So they could do exactly what Jesus asked them to do. I mean, how many of you know that we cannot fulfill the calling and the destiny that Jesus has for us? You may be able to fulfill what you want to do here on this earth. You may be able to fulfill your, you know, your, your job, uh, uh, your, the things that you want to do regarding your job or your family life or whatever it may be. But listen, we, can't, we cannot fulfill the, the fullness of the calling that God has upon us individually. If we can't do it individually, we can't do it as the body unless we get endued with power, unless we have his goodness come upon us. Amen. Maybe we need to start meditating some of that Acts chapter 2 area. Amen. See what, see what the Lord has for each and every one of us. Amen. Why? Because we need to look like the church. 
How many of y'all know, how many of y'all know the, all these things that, that we're talking about here? They, they weren't just for the apostles. They're not just for pastors. They're not just for prophets. They're not just for the token few. Hmm? Maybe, oh, that stuff was just for the apostles, man. God, God don't do that through anyone else anymore. They, it was only those, those, those 11 or, or 12, if you want to include Paul. Well, listen, things, they, a lot of the God, goodness of God was working through just uh, other people outside of the apostles, wasn't it? I mean, it was for the deacons as well, right? Wasn't Philip, wasn't Stephen performing these amazing things as well? But see, it didn't even stop at the deacons of the church. What happened? Even just the believers, the ones that, that just got converted and started believing God. There was one named Ananias that, that God woke him up and said, Listen, I want you to go lay your hands on a man named Paul. His name's Saul. I'm changing his name to Paul. And I want you to, to, to give him, to, to, uh, to baptize him with the Holy Ghost and let him receive his sight. Hmm. So what do you do? Just a, just, a, just, a, just a poor old believer operating in more power than 99% of the church has nowadays. Why? Because he believed. He believed who he was, amen, and that he desired to work through each and every one of us. Church, we're going to have to get a shift on the inside of us and who we're believing. We, we need to have an expectation for greater. These aren't just fairy tales. Amen. See, I, I, you know, when I, I growing up, I didn't grow up in church like many of you people. But listen, I, you know, when I started hearing about some of these stories, like, man, those are those, those are cool stories. Those are cool. They, they're not fairy tales. These are things that God's desiring to do through us and in us today in this age. Amen. There is a spiritual heritage and a and a legacy of this early church left for us as a as examples of of, of how Jesus established and planted His church on this earth. Why in the world are we not looking like it? Why in the world are we not looking like it? You know, uh, James chapter 5, verse 7, one of my favorite verses here, it says, Be patient, therefore. He says, Be patient, therefore, unto the coming of the Lord. He goes, For the husbandman, or the gardener, or God himself, right? He waits for the precious fruit of the earth. The precious fruit of the earth was that the fruit coming off the seed he's sown in Jesus. I mean, he's, he's waiting for it, right? He's waiting. He says he has long patience for it. Thank you, Jesus, that he can receive the early and the latter rains. How I many you know that the early rains, it's already came? That was with the early church. Now, what does he have long patience for? What does he have patience for? He, he's waiting on this, he's waiting on this latter day rains coming. You say, what is that? That is this greatest revival that's coming to this earth. This is when you're gonna see, you know, uh, the, the masses come to come to know the things of God. Amen. And what is he gonna do? He's gonna come take his church. Amen. And then we're gonna have the tribulation here for seven years, and he's, and then the church is gonna come back down where the kingdom's gonna be established here with Jesus on the throne. I mean, but he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting for what? He's waiting. Amen, for this, for this latter-day rains to come. Well, who's that going to come through? Oh, I'm just waiting on Jesus to do something. Lord, just, just do something. Now, he's waiting on us. See, this, we got to start shifting the way we think because we're all waiting on Jesus. Go touch them. Jesus, go minister to them. Jesus, go heal them. Jesus has already done these things. And then he's placed it on the inside of you, and he's like, go. Now, you go minister to that person. You go heal the sick. You go cast out devils. You speak with new tongues. You let the signs of the kingdom follow you, according to Mark chapter 16. Right? Here in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slack. He's not tardy or delayed concerning his promises, as many of us consider slackness. As many of us are delayed in the things we want to do. Right? Where he, he's not slack. He's not tardy. He says, but he's long-suffering towards us. He says he's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. How many of you know that this is his heart? 
Amen. No, God, you listen to this, this rubbish Calvinistic doctrine. Oh, God, he just chooses John. But, you know, I'm sorry, sweetheart, you're not going to make it. Amen. But you, you're going to make it. But Alexandra... You know, I don't know. You didn't get chosen. I mean, that's, that's rubbish. It says that he desires that all men come to repentance, all men and women, all of mankind come to change the way they think. Amen. Which is that Greek word metanoia, right? They can all come to change the way they think to begin believe him, trust in him, and not in the things that are going on around us. But he, but he says, he, he, gives, he gives this before that. He says what? He says he's long-suffering. He has long patience. He's long-tempered towards who? Oh, he, you know, God's just really patient. He's just, he's just waiting for me to get saved, but, this, but I'm already saved. No, no, he's talking to us. This is written to the church. You know, Peter's talking to the church. He's saying, God is long patience towards who? Towards you. Towards me. Amen to it. So we can do what? So we can fulfill what he's asking us to do. Thank God he has a lot of temper. Thank God he has a long temper. Amen. And he's good towards each and every one of us to where, to where he's, he's putting up with us as we, as we delay things. Amen. He's, he's allowing his patience, allowing his patience, you know, giving us words, giving us tongues, interpretations, giving us a touch from heaven, giving us little things to start building us up, to start stoking something up on the inside of us. Amen. To where we'll actually begin to do the things that he says that we can do. And stop running away from them. I'm telling you, church, it's time to get out of the closet. It's time to get out of the closet. Amen. Stop being the hidden church and start being the glorious church. Amen. That, that God has, has created each and every one of us to be. Amen. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why some of us think that we can, that we can change the way God has, has sown or, or, or produced the church from the foundation of the church. Why do we think that we can change these things? Why do we think we want to change the fabric of it and now start introducing the culture of the world into the church? Amen. Why? Because, you know, we want, we want good things to happen. You know, we want more people, you know, so we're, we'll do things a little bit differently than the way the early church did it because maybe, maybe we'll make more success. Amen. I'm going to tell you, church, we're not limited by culture. Hmm? We shouldn't be yielding to culture. You know, I had people ask me this every time we first moved over here. They're like, oh, man, you know, you know what, what, what do you think? What, what are you going to try to make an American church? What, you, what, what kind of church are you all going to do over here? And I'm saying, no, we're, not, we're not making an American church. I don't want an Irish church. I don't want a British church. I'm not here to bring American culture over here into Ireland. I'm not here to, to submit myself into British culture or Irish culture or get involved in any of the junk. That, we're not here to do those things. We're here to bring the culture of the kingdom, the culture of heaven down into, into this land where, so it can transform it. Irish culture won't change anything. American culture, I promise you, it won't change anything. Amen. But his culture, oh, church, his, his culture will change everything. Amen. We're called to, to allow ourselves to submit unto him and his culture and what? And bring a revolution into this land. Amen. Bring a revolution into this land because we're not called to, to yield into culture. We're called to completely change it. Change it from the inside out. Change it from the inside out. But we're going to have to come to the place of believing him. Amen. Allowing him to, to speak in us and through us. Amen. How, what is his kingdom what does this culture like to say? I mean, what, 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 what are we even ministering? I mean, there's a God who loved the world so much. Not just a, a, few, a few token few, but he loved the world. He loved the cosmos. He loved everything that he created so much. I mean, that he gave his son. So what? So the blood of his son could be, could be transformed. It could redeem. It could purchase 
of people, not, not so that we could, we could live like hell here on this earth, and then one of these days, man, if we, if we just do good enough, man, we'll make it to heaven. No, no, so that we could be filled with his grace, we could be filled with his authority, so that we could begin to push back darkness, the defeated darkness that's on this earth, that we could push back sickness, you could push back disease, you could push back demonic oppressions. Amen? Simply because of what's on the inside of us. Simply because of who we're merged with, who we're in union with. Hmm? But instead, but instead the church, we, we begin to walk around. We've walked around and we've, be, we've taken the parallel path. I'm telling you, he, he, he's, he's shown me this every time I begin to pray for the church. We're on like a parallel path. We got the church that, that Jesus has begun to establish, and it's on that narrow road. But, but we begin to take the, the wide path, amen? The, the, the V came into the road or the fort came in the road, and, and the church went a different direction. They took the, they took the wide path. I'm telling you, and he's trying to woo us. He's trying to grab us. He's trying to bring us back into this place. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no wonder there's absolutely no wonder why 45% of the church has left since 2000. I mean, y'all heard that statistic last time I was here. There's, there's no wonder why 45% of the church has left 2000. Why? Because they, they want something real. They want something real. They're, ty- they're tired of the circus of coming and, and just hanging out with one another and then leaving the same as they came in. I'm telling you, people want something real. I mean, the church, we're, we're called to provide that for people. Amen. Not, not, not give something weak. And I'm telling you, we need a demonstration back with our gospel again. Amen. That's the only thing that separates us from the Muslims. It's the only thing that separates us from the Buddhists, the Hindus, or any other religion out there, the atheists or the, or the humanists or whatever. The only thing that separates us is we have a demonstration with what we proclaim. Why? Because our God's alive. He's not a figment of our imagination. I mean, he, he is the live one, amen? And we, we, need, we need to submit ourselves unto these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I'll take that back. I said a second ago, I said, I don't know why people, I don't know why people want to change the fabric of the church, but I, I, but I do. I do. I know exactly why they want to change it. Why? Because of their ego. I mean, because they have, a, they have a deep, they have a deep and they have a dark obsession with wanting, with wanting man to give them approval. They have a deep, dark obsession of wanting to be successful in man's eyes and not necessarily in the things of God. I'm telling you, we've, we've, we've stepped out in churches and we've stepped out in business where we begin to rob people. Amen. I know because I've been in both and I mean, I've witnessed it both. I've, I've witnessed in the business world and I've witnessed it in the church arena. And I'm telling you, there, there, there are ministers that go from church to church, amen, just to sit there and see if they could steal people from their, from their staff. I mean, it's mental. It's mental. I mean, I know, I, and obviously this happened quite a bit in the U.S., but I know people even over here in Ireland that do it. They'll, they'll invite worship leaders and they'll, they'll invite ministers, youth pastors, and different things in. Why? Because you can, you're a tool. You're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not a son. You're not a daughter of God. You're just a tool to do what? To help build my kingdom. To build my kingdom, and that's it. Why? Because it's not about what God wants. It's all about my success. It's all about my success. And I'm telling you, church, these things, these things are gonna, these things are gonna get us in trouble. You know, it's not about us being successful, amen. It's about allowing His goodness to come through each and every one of us. I'm, but why? Yeah, I'll mention that. Well, why do why do people fall for this manipulation? 
Have you, ever thought, have you ever thought about that? When you see people walk away from church, walk away from, you know, jobs, get, get wooed by, by something in the world. I mean, I've, I've seen people that, that they'll, they'll leave their job and go take another job for, for a quarter or 50 cents more an hour. Amen. Go away from their church, go away from everything that God has for them, and they end up, and they wonder why they end up off, off path, you know? Why? Because, oh, if I make just a little bit more money, man, yeah, everyone's going to see me as successful. Hmm? How, how, how does this stuff happen in the church? where people walk off from a church and go, to, go somewhere else. Hmm? They don't know their own value. They don't know their own value. They're, they're allowing man to evaluate them, a man to put a value on them. And listen, church, we need to start getting our value from the things of God. Amen. We have to get our value from the things of God. If we'll learn, if we'll learn our own value, if we'll learn our own value, if we'll learn... If we never learn our own value, let me say it to you that way. If we never learn our own value, listen, church, we'll, we'll never truly percep- change our perception of him. Amen. You say, what do I mean by that? Listen, a lot of us come to God, we, 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 we look at him for what he can do for us. I mean, we value him for what he can do for us. Amen. What, what can God do for me? Who are you in my life? What can you do for me? And this is, this is my value for him for what he can do for us. And what, what, is that, what does that end up doing? You know, because of our, our, our impoverished and, uh, theology that we have, we relegate him just to being the genie in the bottle. I mean, rub the bottle, allow God to pop out. Listen, give me my three wishes. Now get back in that bottle so I can go, so I can go live my life the way I want to live it. Amen. But I'm telling you, God's not a genie in a bottle. I mean, God's not, he didn't, he didn't desire us just to come from seeking after something, after something, after something. No, he desires us as a people. He desires to have us, amen, to, to live with us. You say, you say, well, what, what is this? You know, God, is in God Jehovah Jireh, isn't he the one that's supposed to supply all of my needs? Well, why aren't, why aren't I receiving it? Why aren't I, why, why isn't he providing for me? Isn't his name Jehovah Shalom? Isn't he uh, our peace? Isn't he the prince of peace? Why, why don't we have peace operate in our lives? Isn't he, you know, Jehovah Rapha? Isn't he the healer and the health into our flesh? Why do I struggle? struggle so much with, with healing? Why do I struggle so much with sickness and disease coming into my life? Why? Because I think maybe we maybe value him only for what he can do for us, but we don't really value him for who he is. Hmm? Yeah, he's our provider. Amen, but I'm telling you, he wants to be your lover. It'd break my heart if my wife, if, if the only thing she, she loved me for is because what I could provide for her. Hey, man, thank God she married me before I had two nickels. All I had was good looks and a dream. Hallelujah. Hey, Amen. That's all I possessed at the time. Hey, Amen. But, but I'm telling you, this, you know, this is what we come to God. Like he's, like he's some lotto ticket or some, what are those things you pull down, John? And the, and the, and the, and the, uh, what are those things that you, come on, somebody. Yes, yeah, see, of course, Claire knows what they are. You know, you know it's uh, like, like the slot machines, right? I mean, oh, let, me, let me pull this down, and maybe God will do something for us, amen? Maybe we ought to try to get intimate with him, amen? Knowing who he is, desiring him, and allowing him to, to, the, you know, to bring his goodness into our lives. I'm telling you, church, he desires to be our lover. He desires to be our lover. Hmm. Hmm. How many times have you seen this example? <laughs> yeah, I guess that'll be appropriate. How many times we how, how many times we see this example? I mean, you see a, a young, beautiful woman, amen, on the on the arm of a of a, a guy that's 90 years old that's in a that's in a wheelchair or walking with a cane. Amen. But that old man, he's rich. And he's rich and she's young. Now you and you ask yourself why you're like, oh my lord, how, how does that actually take place? I wonder if that's their grandfather. 
you know. And no, they both have wedding rings on their finger. They came into union, amen, specifically for what they value for the person. Hmm? You know, she loves him. Oh, 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 I love him. That's my sugar daddy. Amen. He, he, he can provide for me. Amen. And he won't have to do it too long, and I can have mostly what he has. Amen. And, and, and he's looking at, oh, I don't really care about all that stuff. I'll get married here just, just so everyone can see how, how great I am. Why? Because I, I, can, I can pull a beautiful young lady. Amen. But it's all because we have a wrong value system. Amen. We're not, we're not valuing things. And, and listen, that comes out in the things that we do. Let me tell you something, church. God's not looking for a gold digger. Hmm? If y'all know what that means over here. He, he's, not, he's not looking for a gold digger. He's not looking for someone that, that just wants him because of everything he can provide for you. He wants someone to get intimate with him. He wants someone that will crawl up in his lap. He wants someone that will chat with him. He wants someone just to be with him. And then what happens? Then he, he'll be... He, then, his goodness of his provision is always it's already released in us but listen we can come to it amen because we're not wanting things from the from the wrong reasons what does, what does the bible tell us he says he says listen you have not because you ask not but when you do ask you don't get it because you ask amiss because you're selfish hmm? we're just wanting to build up our own kingdom and things just yeah we need to be building up a kingdom but it's not ours amen it's, it's his kingdom you know, people say, oh, come on, Pastor, why, this stuff, why, is it, why are you talking about all this? Is it, is, it, is it really that dangerous? Aren't you just making a mountain out of a mohill? Amen. Well, listen, church, if we have corrupt thoughts, we have, uh, if we corrupt our thoughts or our values about him, we're going to look at him and we're going to have corrupt thoughts and values of how he looks at us. See, if we value him for the only things that he can do for us, we're going to begin to look at him and think he only values us for what we can do for him. This is where we get into legalism, right? He's going to say, oh, oh well, uh, God, you know, maybe he's not going to bribe this for me. Maybe this is why I got kicked out of my house. Maybe this is why my, my wife is mad. Maybe this is why this sickness came upon me because, you know, God, he, he only loved me when I was going to church, you know, you know, three times a week or if I was studying the word of God or if I was praying or if I was getting someone saved or if I, was, if I gave enough money or whatever it is. And we, we think God attaches things to us for what we can do for him. And he's like, oh, I love Cynthia. Oh, she's a good giver. I, I, I'll love her, amen. But I don't know about John because John's really not into that stuff. So, so he's going to get kind of pushed, pushed to the side. Amen. And how, how, do we, how do we get that? Do we get starting to get into a works-based mentality and we don't get in a love relationship? Amen. He can't reveal mysteries to us because we don't have any intimate talk with him. We don't, we don't have any pillow talk. Amen. Why? Because he's only good for what he can do for me and I'm only good for what I can do for him. And he wants a marriage. Amen. He, he's looking for a marriage. Listen, church, he's the bridegroom. We're the bride. We ought to be in love with him. I mean, just as much as he is in love with us, amen. I'm going to tell you, church, if, if we can come to this realization of the value that, that he actually possesses and how much he values us, listen, church, this is when things begin to change around us. But if we don't come to it, if we don't know why we value him, listen, you're going to be just like one of the 45% of the church, amen, that wakes up one day and they say, you know what, is this real? I mean, I've been believing for, for this for a long time. It never happened. Is, is he really real? Are his promises real? Amen. What happens? You begin to allow those thoughts to meditate on your, in your and it drops down into your spirit. And then you start speaking those things out of your mouth, and you begin to walk away and become apostate. All because of an incorrect value system. 
Now listen, as I was, as I was praying about these, I was asking the Lord about these things. I was like, you know, I, you know what, what direction do you want to go from this? Because I thought we were going to go in a completely different direction. And as I, I was sitting there talking about it, he said, listen, I want, you to go, I want you to go talk about a couple churches in the book of Revelation. Amen. So we can, we can see because God, God, Jesus himself, what gave a revelation to the apostle John, didn't he? He gave a revelation to the apostle John of some things that, that need to be corrected in churches and things that, that need to be, you know, praised in the churches. Amen. He gave us two that are, they're, they're very conflicting here in the word in Revelations chapter, chapter three. Amen. So as I, I was saying this, listen, we didn't, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how far we'll get into this. Oh, we weren't going to get very far at all. Good Lord. You know, where'd our time go? That's why Marcus is getting all movie over there. Hallelujah. Man, let me, well, let me, let me get, let me just get a little bit into this. Maybe we'll cover a verse or something like that. So we can kind of stay in line with what the Lord has for us to do. But listen, these, these two churches, they're, they're quite different here. We have two different perspectives. I mean, one, one of them, they receive a, a praise and a rebuke. And then one receives a praise and then an open door, Right? Now, listen, church, we want to be that kind of church that, that receives the open door. But listen, sometimes we need a rebuke first to where the open door can come to us. Amen. But, the, but these, things, these things are powerful if we'll, allow, if we'll allow these things to come and get on the inside of us. Amen. But as I, as I minister this here, obviously, this week and next week, I want, I want you to think about these things. Where, where, do these, where does the churches here get their value? Where is their value system, system coming from? Right? Now, listen, here in... Um, in, in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 1, it says, And unto the angel at the church at Sardis, he goes, write these things. Now listen, Sardis and, and all seven of these churches that are addressed in, in Revelations, they, they're churches that are in Asia Minor. It's on the western side of modern-day Turkey, right? They're all kind of poured into, into one little area. You know, you know, we know the Apostle Paul went and started Ephesus and, and some different, different churches in that area. But, but you now John, or the Lord has given John a message to give, and all of these were his spiritual children. Amen. So, well, yeah, I'll go there. Listen, to give you a little history of what's taken, taken place right here, this book, most historians and theologians would say that this is written in, in about 90 to 95 AD. Amen. Now listen, most of the apostles are already martyred at this time besides John. Amen. Besides John. Now this is, so you could say it's about what, 60 to 65 years after Jesus has already left, after Jesus has already planted the church. Amen. And we see we, we see uh, some amazing things that have happened in, in, in 60 short years, enough to where God is coming to give some correction unto these people. Amen? And he says, so here, he goes, listen, and this is unto the angel, unto the angel at the church of Sardis. Now, who, who is the angel here? Who's, who's he referencing to an angel? Is that an angel that God sent down to, to have authority over the churches? Hmm. Do what? Ah, there you go. There you go. It's exactly who it is. Amen. Now that Greek word here is, is agalos, right? And it means to be an angel or a messenger. Now God calls, now it gets interpreted angels because God does what? He, he sends his, his angels as messengers, amen, for, for each and every one of us. Amen. But, who, but it's not talking about a physical or a, a supernatural angel coming down that they're the ones that have authority over the church. Now who has authority over the church? Jesus. 
And Jesus, he is the head of the church. We're his body. He's the head of the church. He's the pastor. He's the apostle. He's the high priest of the church. And then what does he do? He puts people in position. He puts people in leadership. Amen. Not because he likes them better than other people. No, it's just the ones that he's given responsibility for. And I'm telling you, I don't, I'm not necessarily one of those that want that responsibility. Why? Because God's the one that holds you accountable for the things that happen in the church. What happens in the church and what doesn't happen in the church. So who is he asking? He's not saying, listen, this is to the church at Sardis. No, he says, this is to the elder. This is to the pastor. This is to the presbyter of the church at Sardis. You know, he goes, he goes, write these things down. Why? Because I need you to comprehend. I need you to hear what I'm trying to tell you. I need you to understand it. And then I need you to deliver it to the church. Right? Because I need the church to understand it. And I'm holding you accountable. Amen. For them to understand it or not. He says, he goes, and under the angel of the church at Sardis, he goes, write these things, saith he that has the seven spirits of God. He that has the seven spirits of God and he that has the seven stars, the seven stars there, you know, if you go back to Revelations chapter one, I'll tell you that's, that's the, the leaders of the church, that's the apostles, the, uh, the, the pastors, the teachers, you know, the, the elders of the church, amen. But it says, he is, and he is talking about Jesus, he goes, write these things and saying, I'm the one that's saying this, the one that has the seven spirits. Does, does Jesus possess seven spirits? Does he have seven different kinds of spirits? I mean, we'd call that demonic, wouldn't we? I mean, no, he has one spirit. I mean, his name is Holy Spirit. But see, what is this quoting from? This is, this is a quoting from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. It says, the spirit of the Lord, amen, shall rest upon him. Shall rest upon who? Rest upon Jesus. I mean, the spirit of wisdom, of understanding, of counsel, of might, of knowledge, and in the fear of the Lord. Amen. If any of you are good mathematicians, you'd say, well, that's only six. Well, if you go into the Greek Septuagint, you'd find that the seventh one is listed in there, and it's godliness. So what is Jesus saying here? He goes, I'm saying the one that that possesses the the seven spirits of God, the one that that possesses, you know, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, uh, knowledge, fear of God, and godliness. Amen. The one one that possesses these things. I mean, you know, you can go to to, uh, John chapter 16, and and, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, another one of my favorite verses, and he says, he goes, I need need to leave out of here. It's it's, it's very, very, very important for me to leave out here, because if I don't leave here, the comforter can't come. But see, if I leave out here, I'm going to provide you with the comforter. Why? So you can do the same works that I do, or even greater works than I do. But I got to give you the comforter. If I don't leave, you can't have the comforter. What is the comforter? That's the Greek word paraclete, right? Parakletos. I mean, it means the, your comforter, your counselor. It means a, an intercessor, an advocate, a, your strengthener, your standby. I mean, he's saying, I'm, I'm going to pour these out onto you. So, so, what, so if this is what uh, uh, the Holy Ghost is, if he has many different names, he has many different functions, what's he talking about with the seven, the seven spirits of God? What is it? What's well, the sevenfold functions of the Holy Spirit, right? It's, it's the, the sevenfold functions that Isaiah was prophesying about. Amen. So he says, I own, I have these. It's mine. I'm going to give it unto you. He says, I know, I know your works. And I'll stop with this verse here. He goes, I know your works. He goes, you, you have a name that you live, but you're dead. He says, you have a name that you live, but you're dead. He says, I know your works. That, that word know there is, the, is the Greek word oida. 
you know, we talk a lot about knowing in here from the Greek word gnosko, which is, which is coming and getting intimate with people, but that's not what this is talking about here. This is saying, uh, this Greek word oida means I know by personal experience. So, so what's Jesus actually saying? He goes, listen, it wasn't an angel that's come and, and revealed information to me. It's not the prayers of the saints. It's not another pastor that's called and told me things that are going on in your church. He says, listen, I'm coming down. I'm walking among the candlesticks. I've come personally into your church. Amen. I know exactly what's going on. I've put my eyes on it. Amen. These are, these are words. I, this is my own experience. I know exactly what's going on in your church. He says, you have a name that you live. You have a name that you live. Name is another interesting name. You, you, you'll see that loads of times over here in, in, in Revelations when he's talking to the churches. That word name is onoma. It means, it means to have a reputation. He says, you have, you have a reputation, you know, people, people look at you and you have a great reputation that you're alive, that you're Zoe, that you, that you have the fullness of God operating in you, that, that you have power going through that healing the sick, that, you, that you're just like the church that, that I called you to be. You have, you have that reputation. It, it, everyone looks at you and see that, but you're not. He says, but you're dead. In all reality, he says, you're dead. The Greek word necros, meaning you're dead like a corpse. There's, there is no life. You have a reputation, you have life, but there's none in you. You're dead like a dead corpse living there. I'm telling you, what a powerful word that the Lord's given to the church. It says you have a reputation that you live, but you're a counterfeit. You're a mannequin. You know, there, there is no life on the inside of you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for spiritual heritages. You know, I have, I have an amazing spiritual heritage. I mean, I have an amazing pastor. Many of y'all know him, Pastor Rusty Martin. You know, he, his pastor, John Goodwin. His pastor, J.R. Goodwin. Down to, down to Brother Hagen. Listen, I have an amazing spiritual heritage. Amen. But, but how many of you know that participating with a spiritual heritage or a, or a spiritual legacy, amen, does not mean you're participating with it? Just because you're a part of it doesn't mean you're participating with it. And how many church, I'm telling you here, as, as the church here in 2022, amen, we can't be living off the crumbs, amen, of, of, what the, of what our predecessors did before us, off the legacies and the things that men of God has done before us. Listen, church, we got a call on our own life here in 2022, amen. Brother Hagen, one of my favorite ministers in the world, he's dead. He's gone to be with the Lord, amen. But what is he was doing? He was establishing something so the church in 2022 can begin to pick up the pace, pick up where he left off, amen, and begin to look like the actual church that God is established hmm? so we can look like the church that God has established let's see if we're getting our value from our prior accomplishments from the reputation of men we don't receive our value from God Ooh, church this is when we we may look good we may look religious we may look pious on the outside but you're dead like a corpse on the inside I'm telling you, that's, that, is, that is a strong word there. Listen, ah, we, need, we, need, we need to begin to stir ourselves up. We need to begin to stir ourselves up, stir ourselves up with the word. Amen. Stir ourselves up in the presence of God. Amen. To where we can begin to do the things that he's called us. We, we stop falling short. Listen, I don't want to be living on crumbs. I want the steak. I don't know about you guys. I don't want just a little part. I want the whole thing. I want the whole meal. Amen. I want everything that he has for us. Amen. But we've got to begin to submit ourselves. Why? Because Jesus wants to work through you as well. I'm telling you, Angela, he wants to work through you. Amen. He, wants, he doesn't just want to work for people from behind the pulpit. He doesn't want to just work through John or Cynthia. He wants to work through each and every one of us in here. But we've got, we got to change the way we view him. Amen. Because it's not about the things you've done in the past. That's going to make you or break you or make him love you or not. Hmm? 
He loves you because you're his. You're his son, you're his daughter. I tell you, that will open up some things for us. Mm-mm-mm. To where we'll actually be those crazy Christians walking around. I mean, he's, he's writing this to the church at Sardis. But listen, this is a prophetic word. And I just close that up. But this is a prophetic word. If you'll, if you'll go to the end of that verse and that letter, he says, it, he goes, he that has an ear, let him hear what the, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches. Huh? This, isn't just a, this isn't just a Sardis. Amen. It says, if the shoe fits, we need to slip it on. Amen. And, and, and allow some correction to come upon the inside of us. Why? So we can, we can begin to, to allow him to lead us down the paths of righteousness for his sake. Amen. So I, the only thing I'd, I'd end with here is, listen, we need to get to that, back to that place is we need to come obey. <laughs> Hear what he has to say. Obey what he desires for us to do. Amen. Because he, as he ends each and every ledger, he that is an ear to hear, hear. Amen. Are there any, any people that have an ear to hear in here? Amen. We need to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church, what he's saying to the churches, what he's saying to the body of Christ. Amen. And we'll, and we'll move forward and, and we'll, we'll bring this thing to an end. So I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I, I firmly believe we're that last generation that's here on this earth. Amen. You, you, you speak to Huey there, listen, you'll, you'll, he'll help you talk into it here in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because we are. Amen. But we need to have that, that expectation and have that expectation, just like the Lord was saying in, the, in, the, in that message. we we got to get away from this 70-year, 30-year, 100-year mentality. We need, we need to get our t- eternity on our hearts, church. I mean, that needs to be the most greatest revelation that we, that we can have, where we can go and start moving. Because in Him, we move and live and have our being. Amen. So let me pray and we'll dismiss out of here. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your passion. We thank you, Lord, for your church. <clears throat> Lord, give us ears to hear what the, what the Spirit of the Lord is having to say. Lord, I know, I know we're, we're a baby church. We're a brand new church here, Lord, but, but I know you're trying to lay a strong foundation in here, Lord, that we can withstand the weight that you're desiring to pour out, Lord. So, so help, help us, Lord, to, to change the way we view you. Lord, may you not just be a, a spiritual slot machine for us, Lord, but may you be, may you be our lover. May you be our God. May you be our confidant. May you be the one that we, that we trust with everything that we do. Lord, we, may we begin to love you not just for what you can do for us, but we love you for who you are. So we can in turn have strength and know that we can do everything that you said we can do. Not because of, of our performance, but because of your goodness. But we thank you, Lord, as, a, as, we, as we exit out of this place, we take a hold of Psalms 91, which is the tradition of this church. And no evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place. Lord, for you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. We're protected on the, the railways, the seaways, the airways. We're protected on the motorways by any means or modes of any transportation, even down the walk paths. Lord, no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us or harm us. These are people that are dedicated to be in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We'll say to the Lord, you are our refuge, you are our fortress, you are our God. It's in you who we'll trust. So we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for this church. The ambassadors of Christ, you've called each and every one of us to be. Lord, thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by your blood. 
We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located in the city at 76 Strand Road and we would love for you to call in and join us. Details are on our website at islandchurch.co.uk